Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Amanda Butler-Schley on the line. Amanda, how are you? I'm doing great, Michael. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Really looking forward to this very important conversation for entrepreneurs and business owners to hear. So why don't you share a little bit about you and the work you do, and then we'll dive into the conversation. Sure. I am a uh, the owner of the Business Law Group, a uh, law firm here in New Orleans that represents entrepreneurs and growing businesses. Uh mainly in the hospitality industry, but also um, more broadly in other industry sectors as well. Um, So I'm providing advice to those clients that are in a growth phase or in a growth stage, and they are essentially wanting to make sure that where they might not have always done things by the book previously, uh, the business has some real value and has showed some real potential. And they're wanting to dot their I's and cross their T's and make sure that, you know, they really don't have any big legal problems that they need to worry about. And in that process, you know, we often find that there are quite a few. Um, And and we either start, you know, in a proactive uh, capability coming in and looking at what they've done. There is no, you know, house on fire situation. There's the other situation where there is something that has that has happened. There's a lawsuit that's occurred. They've been sued by an employee. They've gotten a cease and desist um, from somebody else to to not use their business name any longer. Um, you know, something has caused a panic, and you know we need to kind of resolve the situation and solve it going forward. And that kind of gives a new perspective to those business owners who start to understand, I really do need to be making decisions that are more informed and, you know, making sure that I'm I'm consulting with legal counsel on a more regular basis. So a general counsel role um, is not, a, you know, that's not something most companies can afford up to a certain size. Um, I'm representing as an outsourced general counsel for those companies, you know, once they get past a $10 million or $20 million revenue point, I'm probably not their person. They really do need uh, full-time general counsel in-house. But until we get there, until the money is there, um, outsourced counsel makes a lot of sense. And it actually can continue to make a lot of sense even through um, having a general counsel on board because... Uh, oftentimes that general counsel just will not have the expertise that it needs to to do all of the things it needs to do. That's important information. And you mentioned you have a focus on hospitality. I'm guessing over the last couple of years, you've seen the extremes where, you know, the hospitality industry, unfortunately, you know, was hit pretty hard because of the pandemic. And then once restrictions started to lift, I think everybody on the planet and maybe a handful of 
species from other planets all wanted to travel and it just turned you know into zaniness as far as booking resorts and going to different places and the industry and, and hiring and all of that so i'm guessing you saw a lot of your clients have to navigate through the extremes over these last few years yes absolutely i mean we went from the place of having to fire hundreds of employees to a place of not being to, not being able to hire back employees, um, a place where you know additional capital was needed in order to keep these companies going, um, and figuring out how we were going to get that capital infusion to a place where there is literally so much money out there coming in. Um, because of either idle loans, economic injury, disaster loans, or PPP loans, and just this overabundance of capital. Um, so it's been, it has been a rough three years for hospitality. I would say every client, to my knowledge, you know, if they made it through it, they are experiencing um, some really great um you know, they're in a good place right now, except to the extent that that the workforce has shrunk. Um, that's definitely still a common problem they're all having. Yeah, there's tons of reasons for that. Where the baby boomer generation that were close to retirement said, eh, close enough, let's retire. And others where people were, you know, wanting to do you know different work. And as I tell people in the work that I do with resources and the great resignation and quiet quitting and and all of that and burnout especially is we're in this time where things are still moving and it hasn't set although life always moves so it wouldn't necessarily just stop but eventually we're going to get to that stage where my hope is anyway and it's my anticipation anyway is People that want to work in certain industries are going to gravitate to them, and the, and those roles will be filled. But it's going to it's going to take some time because I think a lot of people, especially during the pandemic and afterwards, they are reflecting and going, you know, I want to try something else. And sometimes, and I've done this myself, and I've gone into different careers and thought, you know, I, I would really like to do this, and I get into it, and I go, hmm, actually, no, I don't. Right. And yeah. and go back into you know the field that I came from or a hybrid type of role that you know offered me the things that I was comfortable doing, but still stretched me into doing some other things. And you know, with hospitality, you know, is one industry. You know, that's definitely one where you know we're we're seeing some shifts in things and you know, turning. Um, staying at hotels from, okay, it's staying at a hotel, but now you're seeing a lot more, even the small independent ones are are focusing more on an experience instead of just, here's a hotel room with the, you know, typical things, you know, breakfast starts at 630 kind of thing. No, they're, they're looking at different things to make an experience. So that's, you know, bringing in different type of people to provide those experiences and partnerships with other organizations to say, okay, yeah, we're going to partner with this organization and offer this type of experience, which brings legal ramifications into things. But if, you know, a, a guest gets hurt on the shuttle bus over to the, res you know, the amusement park or something like that, you know, who owns the bus? What are they doing? There's all these, not to get into the weeds of legalities, but all these little things that people wouldn't necessarily think of when they say, I'm going to partner with this organization. Well, you need to make sure that those, those legal matters are 
both discovered and ironed out beforehand. It's so true. I had a client contact me last week and she's, um, she owns the, the biggest, most well-known king cake brand here. Uh, I don't know if you've had a Mardi Gras king cake. It's something that's very Louisiana and we take a lot of pride in it. And they were quote partnering with um, a local brewery who uh, was thinking about doing um, kind of a king cake uh, style of beer or a king, king cake flavored beer for Mardi Gras. And they'd sent over this essentially one page uh, license agreement that they must have pulled off of, you know, Rocket Lawyer or, you know, Zoom or who knows where they got it. And I, and I just thought, you know, these are two well-intending people who, you know, even though they, I have no doubt there's good faith on both sides, this is exactly where all of the problems start. You know, you just cannot be your own lawyer, even though it's very, um, you think you might be able to. <laughs> you think, how hard could it be? I can Google my way through this. It's very similar to, to Google doctoring, you know, um, probably not best advised. And so <laughs> at least she had the wherewithal to say, look, you know, I know I really need to, to talk to my attorney about this. And what was a half page agreement needed to be, you know, 15 pages. And I, I hate to be that person that that's, you know, over lawyering or appears to be over lawyering a situation. But, you know, the reason that lawyers do that is because we have encountered all of those nightmare situations. And I don't want my client to have a nightmare situation. So as long as we address the nightmare on the front end with the, with the right documentation, um, we're going to be in a much better situation. And I think entrepreneurs, you know, that is probably their biggest Achilles heel is they just want to get it done. It doesn't matter. You know, I just want to get this done. Stop prohibiting, you know, stop impeding my progress, you know? And I'm like, I'm all for the progress. Let's, we're going to get it done, but we're just going to do it. And we're going to make sure that in the event, something that we don't foresee right now happens, um, we're really going to be in, in fine shape. Now, nothing prevents a lawsuit, right? Anybody can sue you for any reason. Um, whether or not the, the claim is sustainable uh, really is going to, it's going to depend upon those agreements and what you have in writing. And that's the important thing. I always tell people, and it's entrepreneurs, you know, they, they want to be, you know, the next billionaire and they want to do it by tomorrow. And like, it's unless you hit something that completely changes life as we know it to the positive, and all likelihood, you're not going to get there tomorrow. But in the meantime, in order for you to build towards that, have a strong infrastructure and legal and making sure all of your agreements, your business structure, your tax situation, all of those things that are you know, for many people mind numbing and boring. And my first yeah. career was public accounting. So tax yeah. law and all that good stuff. I still feel relief on April 16th, even though I've never been in the industry for, or I haven't been in the industry for decades. There's still that element of relief from working all those tax seasons. Yeah, but again, but again, it's, I know that if you have a strong foundation, strong infrastructure, everything is legally sound as a base, you're going to be in much better shape when these opportunities come up because it's going to be a natural extension of what you do. If you're looking for partnerships or joint ventures, 
or like the situation with your client and partnering up with a brewery, you know, that that's great. That's a community effort. It brings people together. It's like, wow, we love these cakes. Oh, we love this brewery. Wow. That's the best of both worlds. And everybody's like, that's great. I, I definitely want to try that. But you know, again, making sure that everybody's protected because it's not just protecting your company, but you're protecting the partner as well. Absolutely. I absolutely. I think the biggest solid I did, I did in that deal was actually for the brewery and, and, you know, they were the, the beneficiary of the fact that my client actually said, no, let's go do this the right way. And, you know, you always hope in a transaction that you have one party that has that common sense, but when we are in those pants on fire, house on fire situations, it's because nobody in the deal had um, the sense or thought, oh, this is something that we can just paper ourselves or, you know, nothing wrong is going to happen. Nothing bad will happen. And so therefore, you know, there's no need to really worry about any of this. And it's really in those situations where what we're talking about are um, their business killers. I mean, they will put you out of business. I had uh, I've had a couple of, of cases like that in my career that were business enders. You know, if this company lost, the, the business would go under. Um, and so it becomes really critical. You have to put all of your resources at that point into defending yourself, into ensuring that, um, you know, that there isn't a judgment that that is rendered against the, the company. And in those types of situations, the business might still go under even if they win. And we, we've seen that, unfortunately, in this pandemic, not because of necessarily legal matters, but just because of lost business. And even with the loans and all of that, it, you know, they're not being able to find people to work for them. You know, it creates this dynamic. And again, that's where you know, having the legal foundings and things lined up saying, okay, when I need to exit the business, what does that look like? And that's, well, and that's the key thing. That is the one thing that drives me crazy is this lack of, of understanding what your game plan has to be from the beginning, right? We don't start businesses. I mean, some people do, but you know, the, the idea of starting a business, you need to be realizing that you're going to unlock the true value of that business when you exit, when you sell when you, you know, get to a liquidity event. And we need to have kind of that in our mind as we've developed something um, that's worth value. And we need to do it with every step. I, I always say, you know, when you go to sell a business, the, the due diligence that's involved in selling a large business is really intense. You know, the, the buyer is coming in with a team of people and they are turning over every last stone of what you have done to uncover what are the liabilities here that we could be buying. You know, they don't want to buy a one big bucket of liability. They want to make sure that what they're buying is in fact a consistent revenue generator. And, you know, I often describe that process as kind of like a gynecological exam of your business. It's really invasive. It's uh, it's unpleasant. And if you haven't done things in the right way, it is a very uncomfortable experience um, and, and could basically end just as quickly as it started if a few things are uncovered that, that become deal killers. You know, did you forget to trademark? Did you forget to um, 
pay a certain type of tax that, you know, now we know forever you're going to owe that tax because you failed to file here in Louisiana. We have this very odd tax called the, the New Orleans Exhibition Hall Tax Authority. And they have, you know, a, a percentage of sales tax. And if you haven't been collecting that, well, guess what? Uh, you're going to owe it. You know, the, the revenue department is going to come calling. Maybe it's not today, um, but at some point. And so, you know, as as the buyer uncovers those types of deficiencies or those types of liabilities, you know, whether or not you continue to have a deal, um, you know, is, is really to be seen. It's all important things to focus on. And again, doing the work is is really important and making sure that your your infrastructure, and which includes legal, is always there and, and trusting a partner like your organization is, is really important. So in closing is- Making it, sure that it's not your family lawyer. You know what I mean? I mean, if I had a dime for every time that told somebody told me that, you know, their divorce attorney looked at their commercial lease. Uh, guess what? You know, that you did not get the best legal advice on that commercial lease if your divorce lawyer reviewed it for you and said it's fine. Or if your brother-in-law who is, you know, a, um, a criminal attorney reviewed it. Again, same problem. Like, you need to be seeking uh, legal advice from people who know the type of law um, that relates to business law, whether that's um, intellectual property lawyer, business lawyer. You know, I kind of am a, a all-in-one type shop. I really do commercial real estate. I do franchising. I do commercial leases. And so, you know, I have kind of a wide array. But when we need to niche down to somebody who really is, you know, an expert on X, Y, and Z, we certainly do that. Um, and I send those clients right along knowing that, look, what you have is a very, very specific problem. Um, but make sure you aren't, you know, doing yourself a disservice by by not seeking the appropriate legal advice. Just because you know them and they're a lawyer does not mean um, that you have legal representation from a qualified business lawyer. Absolutely. And if things go sideways and you end up losing the case, then that creates family dynamics or friend dynamics that uh, just makes uh, Thanksgiving dinner a little bit more uncomfortable. Uh, uh, we've all been there for certain things. So, Amanda, I've loved this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this amazing work you're doing? Sure. My website is www.lawgroup.biz.biz. And my email address is abutler at lawgroup.biz. I know you'll have that for them in the show notes. Uh, an email is always the best way to get in touch with me, but you can also schedule online by going to the website um, and setting up a, a consultation. And I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So Amanda, thank you again for being you and for all this amazing work you're doing. Thanks, Michael. Good to talk. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.